Imagine a life where you can spend according to your values, give generously, love richly, live intentionally, and handle your finances biblically. That's what the Faith and Finance Podcast is all about. I'm your host, Adrian Hildebrand, and on the Faith and Finance Podcast, we discuss personal finance, intentional living, and value-aligned spending by sharing inspiring stories and practical topics to help you steward your finances in a way that honors God and builds your faith and wealth for the present and generations to come. Let's get started. Hey friend, welcome back to the Faith and Finance Podcast. I am so excited that you are here today. It is 2020. I cannot even believe it. It feels like yesterday I was in kindergarten, which was 2005. So anyway, I mean, I'm not very old, but that feels like a lifetime ago, you know? So I'm really, really, really excited about this year's lineup for podcast interviews, podcast Uh, solo shows with me and about the things God is doing in this podcast and in my life, our life, my husband and I's life personally. So I am so pumped that you are here. I want to tell you about today's guest, Joe Sangle. So you'll hear me say this, but Joe is actually my cousin a little bit. It's my mother's first cousin, but I remembered that he was also in this space and he has been doing it for a long time, teaching others how to handle money. And you're going to hear so much about his story today and you're going to love his energy. But I was privileged to have him on the show and I'm so excited that he's going to be the first episode of 2020 for the Faith and Finance podcast because he has a new book out called 2020 Money. And it's so I just bought it. I haven't started reading it yet, but you're going to hear his energy and just like love what he has to say. And I'm so excited that he is here and on the show. So let me tell you a little bit about him and then we'll get right into it. So Joseph Sangle is a business owner, author, and leading teacher of personal finance. And he's joining me on the show today. We talk about the catalytic moment that started his debt-free journey and how helping others do the same has turned into his life's purpose. If you're just getting started on your journey, this episode is packed with a ton of actionable and simple steps that you can take today. And even if you're not just getting started and you've been with me for a while, or you've been budgeting for a while or paying off debt or whatever it is that you're doing, this episode is for you as well. It is packed full of some fun stuff. If you want to reference any of the links that we talk about today, any of the websites, you can go to faithandfinance.org slash episode 30 or hit the link in the show notes in the app that you're listening to. Hey, Joe, welcome to the Faith and Finance podcast. Hey, fired up. Thanks for having me today. I am so glad that you are here. I do want to say that Joe is actually my, he says, first cousin once removed. My mom and him are first cousins. And so um, I don't really know Joe personally, but he is in this space and has been doing it for a long time and he's incredible. And he's going to talk a lot about that today, but I am privileged and honored to have you here today. Thanks so much. You know, I, what I love is we need about 180,000 people teaching this stuff. And we need people just like you to take the plunge and go share your story and go help people because the world is starved for this type of teaching and training and equipping. So thanks for doing that. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. So with that, tell us who you are, what you do, and um, a little bit of your own money story. Yeah. uh, Well, I grew up in Indiana and I was maybe 30 minutes south of Indianapolis, Indiana. 
Grew up with the Indiana University, Purdue University rivalry. I was an Indiana Hoosiers fan back when Bob Knight was smashing telephones and throwing chairs on the floor. And unbelievably, I chose to go to the arch rival, Purdue. And that's because I wanted to study engineering. And I went to Purdue University, uh, youngest of six boys, but the first to go to college, me and my twin were. And I had no money. And so I started dating Sally May Student Loan Company to help fund my college education. And it ended up starting my real money journey with, and particularly my money journey with debt. And ended up going there for four years, graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering, had a lot of debt. Uh, I'd gotten credit cards my first weekend there, uh, filled out credit card applications, told them truthfully that I had no income, no job, but they still sent me a credit card. And, but I, they, I got a credit card about a week later and uh, I started practicing with it. And I like to say I should have had that wisdom from that kid show that says swiper, no swiping. Uh, come on, vamanos, everybody, let's go. And I, I started swiping and ended up graduating with tens of thousands of dollars student loan debt, thousands of dollars of credit card debt, and got a job in engineering and ended up really just running up lots of debt, car debt, truck debt, student loan debt, credit card debt. I owed my mom and dad debt and just had a moment, an aha moment uh, when I was 28 years old where I said, if I keep doing this, I'm never going to be able to fund my plans, hopes, and dreams. And it's something's got to give. And it was a catalytic moment for me and uh, really turned it all around rather rapidly uh, by employing great biblical wisdom that I found. Uh, and in 14 months became debt-free except for our house. And at the age of 38, paid off our house. And we've really just went around the nation uh, trying our best to help other people jump onto this train towards financial freedom and being able to fund their plans, hopes, and dreams. I love this because I love sharing real stories of people who have done real things and who are just real. So thank you for sharing that. Also want to make a note how jacked up the system is that they would, I know they come to college campuses, the credit card companies, and then they're like, Oh, you have no income. Here's a bunch of money. And it's the same way I feel about um, how kids in high school, 18 year old kids have to ask to go to the bathroom, right? But then they graduate and they're somehow now qualifi qualified to get $250,000 or whatever amount in student loan debt. <laughs> like it's, it's just amazing, messed it? up. It is messed up. I mean, li literally uh, the fact that I admitted on paper that I had no job and no income mm -hmm. and they still sent a credit card is basically credit cards recognizing that most students have parents who have mercy on their kids' soul and keep bailing them out but they did not know my parents who said you're totally and completely <laughs> on your own. And I think that's a great wake up call for me. It, it mm. made me become more responsible more rapidly. Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's just, um, it is cool that now that you do this. And so uh, I know you mentioned it, that that was sort of the impetus sort of you had this aha moment, if you will, of, um, saying, I don't want to, I don't want to live like this. I want, I have hopes and dreams and I want a, a, a great future. So how did that conversation go with your wife, right? You were married at the oh. time. Cause you said, okay, so how did that conversation go and sort of what really was like the first actionable step you took? Cause I know a lot of my audience, they are in the middle of paying off debt or they started listening to my podcast, thinking about the idea of paying off debt or um, something to that effect. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I will just say my bride, Jen, uh, 22 plus years, is a natural born saver. And so she, she just never spends money. It's not something that is fun for her. She wants to save money. If she spends money, it's on our kids. But she, I think, had been praying uh, for many years uh, that God would get a hold of her spender husband and get him under control because she had been unsuccessful. And so for me, my catalytic moment was I, I had been working to transfer some manufacturing lines into a plant in Tijuana, Mexico, and really uh, was doing this commute from San Diego back and forth through Chicago and then back home. And on one of those flights home, I sat in the back of a Southwest Airlines jet, getting ready to fly on that four hour flight from San Diego to Chicago Midway. And I really was just in despair, uh, really saying I'm making no progress, working really hard, making money, but just stuck. And so I started writing down my plans, hopes, and dreams on that flight. And I remember it being the fastest flight ever. And when I landed, I was a changed person because I asked myself two questions. And that was, if I keep managing money the way I am right now, will any of these plans, hopes, and dreams ever get funded? And the second question is, what changes do I need to make? And when I got home, I was fired up and ready to do something different. And I came home and told my bride, uh, we need to go on a budget. We need to have a plan and we're going to get rid of debt. And she literally was like, thank you, Jesus. He's there. Is this for real? This is what I've been praying for. So she received it very well. And we started doing better with our finances and stopped signing up for more debt. That was in December of 2002. I was 28 years old. It was Christmas time, and I think part of the catalyst was we were putting Christmas on the credit cards again. And how crazy is it we celebrate the birth of Jesus by going into debt? Does that sound crazy? I think that's crazy. Yeah. And, and as a result, uh, we decided that Christmas we weren't going to do debt at all. And it was a catalytic moment for us. And about six months later, we actually came up with our first ever budget that we worked together on and actually followed. And now we're just now completing our 198th consecutive month of budgeting. Wow. And if you're keeping record at home, that's 16 years and six months. <laughs> I have a copy of every single one of those budgets. Wow. And I will tell you, not all of them have, not every month has went the way we predicted. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you it's helped us become very wise managers of the money that we've been given and has helped us become and stay debt free and has allowed us to fund the craziest dreams of our life. We can't believe it. Oh my gosh. I love this. All of this. You were just speaking to my soul. And I love that you said, essentially, you, the catalyst was that you said, today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change. Something has to change right now. It was just as simple as answering those two questions. And your wife had been praying, so God had been working, yes. of course, too, in the background. But I think that's actionable for all of us in whatever it is that we're going through in our lives. When we decide today is gonna be different, today I will be different. Doesn't mean I'm gonna have it all figured out, and I can't, you know, I can't change the past. But what I can do is have grace for the past, because that's what. God does, right? He has grace for our past. He has uh, grace for our future. And he also, um, you know, he, he said, I, I actually share much the same 
story sometimes where um, I, I have said, it, it literally seemed as though I, I took one step, we took, my husband and I took one step in the right direction and God was pleased and he started helping us. It was us making that decision, that conscious effort to say, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm so done with our lives being like this. And as you know, it causes stress and like, why do we put, you know, Christmas on credit cards? I would rather nobody buy me a gift if they have to do that, you know, something but um, I love that so much because that's something we can all do today in any aspect of our life. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, I, I'm a runner. And even though I've ran for 25 plus years, still the most difficult step is the first one. Hmm. And if you take the first step, there's, it's the law of momentum. The next step is much easier. And before you know it, you've ran three miles. You've ran whatever distance it is that the race that was set before you. Yeah. And so I do encourage anybody listening to this podcast, take the one step that you know, you know, you may not have the vision for the long term, but you know your next step. So take the next step. And even if you drive on a foggy morning, you can still see 10 feet ahead. Right. You move slowly. What I find crazy is if you move that 10 feet ahead, you can still see another 10 feet ahead. And at some point in time, it's that moment like we all see on a foggy morning, the sun will break clear. And you'll be in the clear and you'll see large chunks that you can move forward and Absolutely. everybody can do it. And my encouragement to, to add on what you shared is most people are one or two decisions, just one or two decisions away from completely changing the financial trajectory of their life. It's just one or two, you know, whether it's to start contributing to their 401k to get that company match. Uh, or it's to make the decision to put the credit cards down and not swipe anymore, or the decision to put together a budget and work with your spouse and agree together on where the money's going to go. Those decisions can completely change your life. And I encourage each person, you know, take that next step. You'll be so glad you did. Yeah, 100%. Love that. So um, you shared the, you know, basically answering those two questions, which I think is very actionable for all of us today. Um, but also, what was, what are some practical ways in which you paid off your own debt? And, and um, how do you teach people that now? Yeah, well, my practical method I used was the debt snowball. Uh, you know, Dave Ramsey teaches it, Larry Burkett taught it before him, I teach it. We have a YouTube video. I'm sure you teach it as well. You know, the debt snowball is that technique of uh, paying minimum payments on every debt except for the smallest balance you owe and restructure all those debts to the lowest interest as possible. So if you have high interest credit cards, rolling them to 0% balance transfer offers, it's very important. But then make any extra dollar go towards that smallest debt. And that once it's paid off, you add that monthly payment to the next one and it becomes like a snowball. But I would encourage uh, everybody to pay attention to a step that I find is vitally important before you attack debt. And that is to build a beginner emergency fund. And I know Dave Ramsey says a thousand dollars. I say one month's worth of expenses. That is exactly what I say. And I did not know that's what you said. So that is exactly what I say. <laughs> a month's worth of expenses is inflation proof. It's relevant to your individual family, not anybody else. It's relevant to where you live and your cost of living. And that one month's worth of expenses, I call that debt proofing your life. And when you have savings, 
then you cut off the need for future debt because you can pay cash for those emergencies. And we can all agree, even if we pay minimum payments, if we stop signing up for more debt today, we will eventually become debt free. And there is no life like a debt free life. And as I share, you know, you mentioned as faith and finances that I, I think it helped me understand salvation at another level because it says Jesus died and he paid a debt we could never repay and that you are saved, that you are redeemed. All those are financial terms. And when you, are, when you become debt-free, the bondage that falls off of you, the freedom, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, it, it helps you understand at a much deeper level what Christ has done for us and what it does for you, the ability to chase dreams that God has placed in your heart. It just fires me up, and it's what wakes me up every single day, fired up to go help the next person that I encounter. I love the parallel of salvation to, you know, our debts being paid. I mean, we sing it, we read it in the scripture, but you're right until, and I think that's how it's so incredible that God is, even, you know, when the scripture was wrote many thousands of years ago, it's um, so applicable to our lives, of course, now. And I think when you've been in positions like you and I, where we've been in crazy amounts of debt, um, and you were a mechanical engineer, you know, I mean, you were, you had a, a fairly good job, I assume. And Absolutely. yeah, and it didn't matter. I mean, that's what I try to tell everyone. And of course there is a poverty level and we're not going to get into that today, but there's a point where you may have an actual income problem, but for the majority of Americans, um, it doesn't matter how little or how much that you make. If, I mean, you can still spend every single dollar and, um, you know, still have a very good job and have tons of debt. And then when that debt is paid, whether by, you know, of course, like your hard work or you've been able to um, transfer it to, as you said, like a 0% interest and then it gets paid and it's still not accumulating interest, you know, whatever, however that looks like it is an incredible feeling. We became completely debt-free this year. And um, it, I'm telling you, it was just a weight lifted off of my shoulder. And so when you liken that to salvation, it's so true and it's so precious that um, he paid our debts, you know, for us, for our salvation. But it, it, it really does help solidify that in our mind. And that's such a good way to put that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that's awesome. And congrats on becoming debt-free. Oh, thank and you. I, I would say one of the things that I, I discovered in the process of paying off debt uh, is it, it is a series. It, it's not, there is one big decision. There is one catalytic moment, but money is a journey, not just one moment. And a lot of us, you know, we get debt by making one big decision. We wanted that car. We walked in the car lot and three hours later, we walked out with a car and a big pile of debt, maybe even spent a year's worth of income in three hours. Uh, we can make that decision really rapidly to go into mm -hmm. debt. But the problem for a lot of people is when they make this decision to become debt free, they remember how fast they were able to acquire the debt and they want to get debt free in the same amount of time. And the fact is it takes a journey. And so it was a thousand little right decisions following the one big decision that helped us stay the course because you will surely encounter challenges in your path to become debt-free. Uh, I'm confident you did. You had curveballs thrown your way. Mm -hmm. Somebody got sick. 
uh, income gets affected. Uh, you might have some uh, trip you have to take that you didn't plan on. Uh, things happen. Something in the house breaks. The kid breaks something. They may break themselves. You know, that's what kids tend to do. And as a result, the journey is not linear. It's not straightforward. But when you become debt free, you really will understand the miracle that has taken place. And when you've worked that hard for it, when you've really made those series of decisions, it actually has become a habit of good decision making. Yeah. And something one of the guys in my office says, and I've adapted it because it's such a great statement, is he said, form good habits. There's ju they're just as difficult to break as bad ones. Good. And if you think about that for a minute, if you form good habits, they're just as difficult to break as bad ones. We always think about these habits that they're bad habits, but man, if you form good habits, good financial habits, it will make you, and it, it just, it helps you make good decisions almost unconsciously into the future. Just like a bad habit can drive you to ruin. This can drive you to the funding of all the dreams God has placed in your heart and to be able to live a generous life and the life that is truly life. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. So pivoting just a little bit in this conversation, um, when you wrote down your dreams and your goals and your aspirations and all of those things, did you ever think that part of that would be teaching others what you do now? Or was it maybe a variation of that? Maybe you had a dream of being an entrepreneur or whatever that looked like. Do you mind talking a little bit about your journey yeah. to um, now teaching people all over about this stuff? Um, the answer is no, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea the profound implications those, one, those few decisions had for me. But I did know I loved teaching. It, it was a passion of mine in corporate America. I did a lot of teaching. In fact, I once was so frustrated with corporate America, I filled out uh, the forms necessary to convert your engineering degree to get a teacher certificate. And then I realized I'm going to deal with a bunch of government bureaucracy and it, it wouldn't give me the opportunity to be able to do, uh, you know, the other things I was passionate about. And so I did have a passion for teaching, but it was as I went through this journey and became debt free that I just could not be quiet about it. Um, they say when you go through a test, it gives you a testimony. And I just couldn't stop testifying as to what had happened in my life, this massive transformation in 14 months. And so I started helping people in my office. Uh, people at church were asking me to come help them. And I would go help them in their house while their dog nibbled on my leg. And they tried to give me goat milk soap and various random things. You know, their kids are running in and out. But I would end up spending an hour with them, helping them get a budget or address debt. And then I'd go back to my job as an engineer. And all I could think about was how fired up I was for those people that I had just been able to sit down with. And so I ended up starting a financial class. I started Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University at the church I was attending. And I remember praying that if I could have one person show up, it'd be awesome. And two minutes before the class was supposed to start, a, a couple walked in. And I was so fired up and it ended up, you know, everybody shows up late to church, I guess, that by five minutes after the assigned time, we had 40 people in there. And I ended up leading over the next year and a half, over 600 families through that class. And one of my great things I realized is that many people would go through that. It was the 13 week class back then that people would be struggling 
to have a budget, even at the end of 13 weeks and almost four months. And so I, I said, after the cash flow planning lesson one night, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to show you how me and Jen budget. And instead of going to small groups for the question and answer, I actually showed them how we budget with an Excel spreadsheet, that sort of thing. And I just flippantly said, hey, if you want this uh, spreadsheet, I'd be happy to email it to you. Just go to the back at the end of the night and write it down. We'll have a piece of paper back there and I'll send it to you. And class was not over, but every single person in that class was over hundred people. They just got up and just left and went to the back of the class to sign up. And that was when I had an aha moment that I said, there is something here that is really moving people. That is another level that Dave Ramsey himself can't go teach everybody. And I have this specific calling in my life. And that's, that was the moment when I knew I need to go do something with this. Joe, I'm almost in tears because I, I really, I mean, I tried to study up on you, but of course you've been doing this for such a long time. It's impossible for me to know every single piece of kind of your story. Right. But when you said, um, I loved teaching, I was like, okay, where's this go? Because everything you just said is exactly what I said. And I'm like, holy cow. Um, I'm not trying to make this about me at all, but I'm just like shocked that this, I don't even, this doesn't even feel real right now because for a long time I wanted to be a teacher and, I, and then I was like, nope, I could never sit in a regular classroom with like children all day. Could not, but I love teaching <laughs> and educating. And um, now I kind of do that a little bit in my regular job, but all I think about sometimes is being able to do this, right? Doing what I'm doing. And it seems, it's funny because a lot of people come to me too and they understand Dave Ramsey. They get it. They're there. They want to understand, but it's like, they really have a hard time actually making baby steps one through three happen mm -hmm. like the actual budgeting yeah. the actual the journey. Um, thing like that so that's kind of crazy that people are doing the same for you so um so that was basically the start of everything that sort that of was the start I got wow. so fired up about it I started a web blog that's what they were called back then mm -hmm. in 2005 and 6 <laughs> also known as blogs and I started josephsangle.com is what it was called back then and I just started writing. And while I was in Tijuana, Mexico, in the evenings, I would just write stuff that I was passionate about. And it wasn't long before a following developed and I felt compelled to write a book. And I pitched it to some publishers and all of them said the common answer, no. Mm -hmm. And I took inspiration from it and said, no stands for N-O, next opportunity. And so I Googled how to self-publish a book. And I learned how to self-publish a book and ended up starting my own publishing company. And I was broke. Now I'm not the book released January 20th of 2008. And I bought 3000 copies and, you know, less than 3% of published books from legitimate publishers sell more than 5,000 copies and less than a half percent of self-published books sell 5,000 copies. And for some reason, God shined on it. You know, January 2008, the economy was collapsing and people really needed the help. And I was broke, now I'm not. The book just took off. And within two months, we had eclipsed the 5,000 books sold mark. And the rest is history, as they say. It oh became a, wow. a full-time crusade to help people win with their money. We have a mission statement to help people accomplish far more than they ever thought possible with their personal finances. And what started as a dream has turned into a 21 person team. Mm. And we literally get to affect more than a million people a year through our free tools and our resources. 
yeah. and I still can't believe it. I have to pinch myself. I can't believe it. Wow. Um, we've had books go to over 80 countries. It's just been absolutely unbelievable. Wow. So a couple of things I want to note for the audience listening right now, and my audience seems to pick up on things, you know, of course, I know we're just telling your story, but um, what we've been through is kind of our superpower, right? Or our testimony. Somebody said it was our superpower once. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And they said, because, because if you've been through something, you're going to be able to relate to someone differently than I would. It's different to just teach about something if you haven't been through things yourself. And um, I think people, we want people to be real, right? We want people that are relatable, real, that share their stories um, unashamed because that is what God gets glory from seeing, you know, he sees the end from the beginning, but when we can share with people what the uh, beginning was and then show them, Hey, this is where I'm at now. And God's still not finished with me, but if I can do something, you know, so can, so can you, if I think we look sometimes at things that we go through as, of course it's awful. And I'm not saying everything necessarily does happen for a reason. I mean, I think it does in some, but, um, what I'm saying is, is that it's easy to look at our circumstances and and when we're in it and say, Oh, I just want to get through this. But even in my own life, I've been able to, and I'm still very young, but I've been, I've been able to look back and say, you know what, God, had I not been through this, 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 it would have not led me to what I'm doing now. And that is exactly what I, that's how I feel about your story. You've impacted a million people. That is incredible. Like that is amazing. And five guys, he's not lying about the 5,000 book things. Like I know that if some people self-publish, some indie sort of editors, publishing houses look to see if you've even sold a thousand copies, if they may pick you up. You know what I mean? Like that is huge. So praise be to God. That is incredible. So how many books have you written? I have written five books now. I co-authored one and I've had four books. I wrote, I was broke now I'm not in January of 2008. And a couple of years later, I released a book for young people, uh, er, uh, high school and early 20-somethings, and it's written to prevent money mistakes. I had a lot of people coming up after my events saying, where were you 40 years ago? And I would tell them, you know, I think I was toddling. Uh, I wasn't born yet. When I first started talking, I was under the age of 40. And what they're really saying is, I wish I had known this before I started out in my money journey. And so I wrote the book called What Everyone Should Know About Money Before They Enter the Real World, one of the longest titles ever. And it's written to prevent money mistakes for young people. And then I wrote another book on investing. And that released in October of 2012, Oxen. And it's about investing and getting your money to go to work for you, uh, that you don't have to work for all of your income. And then uh, I just released... Uh, as we're recording this podcast a couple days ago, a brand new book, uh, right in time for the year 2020, we call it 2020 Money. And we're playing on the year 2020, but it's really about having 2020 clarity or vision for your life and then for your money as well. And uh, I co-wrote a book for church leaders called Funded and Free, and it's about how to have a church that is fully funded. And a lot of what we do is serving in churches. We also serve small businesses and also travel to like chambers of commerce and that sort of thing, helping small business owners with their finances as well, but primarily help individuals, faith-based organizations, 
uh, with their personal finances. And I've got about 18 more books in me. I'm confident you have one or two as well. Yeah. Wow. I'm just like in awe of what God has done in your life and that you have that what I'm, I don't even have words right now. And I always have words and I don't even have words right now. This is just incredible. So yes, the release of your book 2020 that just happened, which I'm really excited about. I can't wait to buy it, um, which I, I should have pre-ordered. I don't know what I was thinking, but um, so can you maybe pull out a couple of um, concepts in that book and dive a little bit deep into, deeper into them today? Absolutely. Um, and again, they can learn more about the book at IWBNIN.com. That stands for I was broke. Now I'm not.com slash 2020. But the topics of the book, number one, I try to cast uh, a vision of why I wrote the book. And the reason I wrote the book is in all of my events that I teach. Uh, one of the biggest ones I teach is a financial learning experience. It's a two hour equipping event. I usually started out by asking people, uh, how many here, be honest, uh, do not have your plans, hopes, and dreams actually written down. I'm not asking, do you have plans, hopes, and dreams? We all have plans, hopes, and dreams. Do you have them written down? And without fail, over half of the people in the room do not have their plans, hopes, and dreams written down. They have never in their entire life wrote them down. And in Habakkuk 2.2, uh, it says, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets so that a herald may run with it. And Proverbs 29, 18 says, without vision, the people perish. And I like to build on that. That says, without money, the people perish. But without money, the vision perishes. And so I want to help people get a clear vision for their life. Because without it, it's hard to have clear vision for your money. If you don't have a clear vision for your life, you'll just live for the weekend. You'll spend money frivolously because you really don't know the other intended uses for the money. And so... Uh, I know there's books about finding your purpose. Uh, they don't talk a lot about how to get your money in alignment with that purpose. There's other books on getting your money right, but they don't really talk about finding your purpose. So my goal with this book was to match the two is I've got 22 questions. They're hard questions, but they're great questions to help you define what a fully funded life looks like for you. Uh, Adrian, your life is different than my life, is different than every person listening here on the podcast. But I want to really encourage people to write down the vision and make it plain. And then the very next chapter is talking about how to connect it to your dollars. So the little slogan or tagline we come up with is connecting your dreams to your dollars. And I talk about the fact that most of us see our dreams, whether it's to start a business or it's your dream with this faith and finance podcast and the other things that God has placed in your heart. And you look at the cost and the relationships you need to pull it off. And you're like, this is overwhelming. It's impossible. Why should I even start? It's very expensive. And I tell people, hey, it's the nature of dreams to be expensive. After all, if they were not expensive, we would already have them. And so don't get mad about it. Just look at God and say, I can't wait to see how you're going to work the miracles because as surely as you have called me to accomplish this in my life, because it's a God-given plan, hope, and dream, surely you will help me be able to find a way to fund it. And then I talk about practical ways that people can actually fund it, at least uh, 15 different unique ways that I've seen people fund their dreams beyond their regular income. And that's the thesis of the book, is to help people get those dreams on paper and then put their, their funding method on paper and then intentionally 
take steps to be able to do it. I yes, everyone needs to buy this book. That is precisely the one of the concepts I like to share, of course, on this podcast, but you have just put it out so eloquently and you've already written the book. So everyone needs to go purchase that. That's amazing. And if if this is not if this conversation is not ministering to anyone else listening, it is I I truly believe that this was like God ordained today. Um and of course, and pe- my audience isn't going to hear it for a while, but um, truly you've been so encouraging and giving us practical tools that we can use for, of course, our money, but um, for our lives, write down the, the dreams, as you said, uh, you know, write our vision. And that's what the, the scripture or um, write the, no, I'm messing up my words. Write now. the vision and make it plain. Thank Habakkuk you. Two, two. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, see, that's what I do. I ask anybody to spell the word Habakkuk. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I love it. So is there anything else that you wanted to share with the audience today? I feel like you've just poured into us so much already today. Um, This has been incredible. But is there anything else that you feel led to share? Yeah, I I would say this. Uh, Open God's Word. It's the greatest money book ever written. It has guidance for all of your life including your money. And I, w- I take great inspiration and I pray that it helps everyone listening from Proverbs 4.7. And Proverbs 4.7 says simply this, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. And then he adds a tagline that says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. And Solomon recognized that there is great value in investing in wisdom, even if it costs everything you have. And Adrian sharing her story, she got there by investing in wisdom. I have done the same. And Proverbs 15, 22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. You're, you're listening to this podcast today. It's giving you wise counsel. Uh, take hold of it and make sure you have other wise counsel in your life that can help hold you accountable provide you encouragement along the way because every single person who's become debt-free got there because someone inspired them, someone encouraged them, someone gave them a hand up when they needed it. And I just encourage each of you today. uh, There's free tools on our website. Uh, There's lots of resources out there on personal finances. Uh, Make sure that you invest in yourself. It's the greatest investment going is investing in yourself and you will never regret it. And 10 years from now, you'll look back and say, I'm so glad I did that back then. 100% agree with that. Where can everyone find you? I know you've mentioned your website um, a couple of times earlier, but is there anywhere else we can find you? Yep. Just find us at IWasBrokeNowNot.com. And you can learn all about all of our free tools there and about our resources. Uh, I would also say we have a podcast. And that podcast is available, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple, anywhere they're found, Spotify. Uh, and it is named The Monday Money Tip. And it's about a 23 to 24 minute podcast every Monday, the drive time one. And we talk about right now relevant topics. And I have a co-host, Megan Hibbard, who helps host it with me. I think people would find it helpful also in their money journey. Absolutely. And I'll make sure all of that gets linked in the show notes. This has been a blessing. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Thanks so much. God bless everybody.
Thank you so much for tuning into the Faith and Finance Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Joseph Sangle, Joe Sangle, whatever you want to call him. He's cool with either, but make sure you check out his website, buy his books. He has a ton of resources that are free on his website as well. And that is linked down below. If you hit the uh, episode show notes, you'll be able to see that. If you're enjoying the show, would you please leave a review Uh, write me a note, share on social media, and tag me on Instagram, faith.in.finance. I would love to hear from you. I love hearing from you all. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Keep the faith, my friend.